With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast and it's your Irish boys back again, Neil and Paddy. We're here after two weeks, it's a very short two weeks, Paddy. I just have to realise that it was a two week break, but uh, it doesn't feel like it was two weeks. I suppose wins do that to you, especially wins against the champions of England and, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's been a, a, pretty, a pretty kind of buoyant last two weeks. How have you been? Yeah, we're all good. Um... Still celebrating uh, the big win. Um, doesn't feel like two weeks ago. You're right, but we've we've had a lot of um, international football in there, so it's kept us busy. So I'm um, looking forward to getting back into the Premier League now and uh, hopefully continuing our run. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't it be great? And and you know, it's funny that you see tweets and they say that conceivably come nine o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Sunday night that we could be top of the league with a game in hand, and like <laughs> that's it's mental enough, you know. Five games in, albeit, but um, it's pretty crazy to see stuff like that, and it uh, it could very well happen because uh, while this uh podcast um is predominantly going to be uh, a Leicester preview, and we will talk about that in a moment. Paddy, you did mention about international football, and uh, today is the closing of the the um. I suppose the supplemental uh, transfer market, I'm going to call it, for uh, domestic transfers between um, the EFL and, and the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk a bit about nothing that happened there. Nothing That's, that happened at all. Nothing <laughs> that happened there, yeah. So were you were you surprised yeah. by the nothing that happened in that? Um, 
I was and I wasn't. Um, I think I said to you yesterday or Wednesday, whenever I messaged you that if we didn't sign anyone else, I was happy enough. Mm. Um, I would have liked a striker. And then obviously we saw the news today that Tom Heaton and Wesley were back training. So um, I didn't see that, that news. <laughs> Did you know? Well, they were there in their in their new kazoo gear today on Instagram. So uh, yeah, so they they're obviously back on the training ground. So that's good to see. So I still imagine they're probably six weeks away if mm. if they're only back on grass today. So um, I wish them well in their uh, speedy recovery. I hope not necessarily that we're totally reliant on Tom Heaton anymore, but. I'd like to see Wesley getting back into it, especially when we're on the crest of a wave and we haven't got our backs to the wall that we have been since he joined the club. So um, it'd be nice to see him coming off the bench to give Watkins a break and hopefully scoring a few goals himself and mm. putting himself in the mix. Um, but yeah, that's that's the one piece of news we had today. So no no transfer, but uh, indeed we saw Wesley and uh, Tom Heaton in the new training year. I've barely kept up with, like, my phone's literally just buzzed two seconds ago, and it says West Ham signed Algerian international uh, winger Saeed Benrama on initial season-long loan from Brentford. And uh, I know that, obviously, Villa were linked with him as well, but West Ham had a few uh, butterflies in the stomach, I think, when they got him in for a medical, and maybe they couldn't perform a full medical on him for whatever reason, but there was rumours going around that he'd failed the medical and everything. And now it's a loan with a with a loan agreement initially mm. with the you know an obligation to buy afterwards, and um, there wasn't too much too much business done to be honest with you. There's nobody that I'm kind of looking around at and saying, "Shit, we should really we we really missed the boat on this one." Ben Rama, for my point, was he was he was going to be a luxury player once we always going to be a luxury player once we got uh, Bertrand Traore in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rash, look, don't get me wrong, I would have liked him, but uh, it still didn't fix our issue of strikers up front. It, it didn't fix our issue of of, uh, of that, that striker, that rotation, the striker position. So for me, I'm, I think we would be in a better position if we had him, but from a position of, or from a point of, um, you know, padding out the squad for areas that we need. I'm, I'm not quite sure that he would have given us anything that we don't have here already. No, look, he's made one absolutely fantastic for West Ham. I'm specifically talking yeah. about, I think, striker was the missing element from, from this team. And, and obviously we didn't sign him. Um, West Brom did a bit of business. They spent 14 million, I think it was, in Keelan Grant yet last night. They gave him a six-year deal. Um, I, do you know what? He's a player I like, but... Uh, uh, for 14 million, actually, I think he could be a very, very good signing for them. Um, but am I absolutely like, am I kind of grinding my teeth at the fact he didn't come to Villa? I'm not quite sure I am. Um, Joe Rodden, I think, was a guy who was signed for from Swansea for, for Spurs. For Spurs, yeah, wouldn't have mind a bit of that action, you know. Like, like considering the feed I got him for, I think, it was under 11 million. Um, yeah, but then again, <laughs> you know, going back again, Bjorn Engels is fit. Uh, we've got Kanza, we've got Mings, we've got House, we've got, you know, it would be nice to have another centre-back. But once again, from a padding out the squad point of view, he wasn't paramount or pivotal, you know. So no. I think probably Josh King is probably sitting at home now tonight going, and I, look, I could be, he might have moved somewhere, I don't know, I haven't seen it. But Josh King is probably, so. I don't think he did either. I, I think he's sitting at home somewhere and going, Right, I have to play with Bournemouth again in the championship this year. And 
and there was a lot of conversation about him coming to Aston Villa. And even last night, when I uh, was was just kind of leafing through Twitter, um, the early afternoon was talks that Gilbert was going to go on loan to Bournemouth. And I suppose that set the alarm bells ringing, going, ooh, is this a sweetener for Josh King? Uh, you didn't hear anything on that. You, <laughs> no, but you, you didn't hear anything on that. You didn't read anything more on it. I literally just saw a headline and my mind just went off on a tangent. Um, but you, you, you didn't hear any more, read any more on that. I, I'd say that was someone putting two and two together to try and push things along there. I don't know if that was ever the situation, but uh, you, you know, if I saw it, I would have thought exactly the same thing. Um, I think Benarama may have priced himself out of a villain move, to be honest. It seemed like his, obviously of nothing to base this on other than reports that mm. his wage demands were too high. I don't even know if a conversation took place. Um, I suppose the only other position that I think we're a bit light is at left back. And, you know, I think we have to nurture Matt, Matt, um, Matt Target and make him a, make him a, a, a Premier League standard Fullback, which I think he can be, um, but I think everywhere else around the pitch, I think we're we're, we're covered, um, some places more than others. But um, we haven't done too bad in this transfer window. Um, obviously we've done nothing in the continuity transfer window, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and like as as a guy said to me today, who who would know a lot more about these things, he said there was no need to panic at this stage. Bear in mind that we've only got just over eight weeks before it opens again. So yeah. Yeah. anything we're stuck at that stage, we could probably survive the eight weeks. That's a very, very important part. You know, there's parts of Twitter I'm expecting once I open up my phone. I don't know what's wrong. For the last two days, I haven't wanted to li- to listen to any news or any social media, which is very strange for me. Um, you know, really strange. Sometimes like I, I enjoy sitting down, opening up Twitter and, f- and, and flicking through it and seeing half the world burning and half the world rejoicing and so on. And I expecting when I do go on Twitter later on this evening, I've expected to see half of Villa Twitter uh, that thinks the world and the sky is falling down because we didn't sign anybody and half of Villa Twitter then trying to reassure them that everything is going to be okay. And I think that I'm certainly on the side of that, uh, as you mentioned there, yes, eight weeks, in eight weeks' time, the transfer window will open. Now, I'm not expecting somebody to, uh, to sign for Aston Villa at 9 a.m. on the first day that the transfer window can open. Um, but you know, as you say, it's not a massive long wait time for the window to open up again. And uh, I well, sub- it's a, it's seven weeks less than what it normally is. So yeah, yeah. It's um, when you think about it that way, is you know, it, it's it's minimal. And if we need to improve, then I'm sure they will. Um, I know there was some report, some reports of um, Benarama failing the medical. Um, I think the fact that he's gone on loan for a year goes back to what we spoke about in the past. Financial fair play isn't in play, whereas it will be next year. So they're just yeah. putting that money into next next year's coffers. So um, I don't think we can read too much into failing the medical, but people just put two and two together again and, and that's what they've come up with when, when it didn't go through straight away, you know? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Uh, Paddy, am I am I going insane, or is there another international break before Christmas? There is. There's one in November. There is. I knew. I, I was thinking that there was one around the eleventh of of November. Uh, yeah, two games. Yeah. 
so that, that it's it's allowing for the playoff finals to take place. Um, so oh, yes. obviously we're we're not contesting that because of our poor show during the break against Slovakia. So um, we'll have to contend with a, a friendly against. Yeah, and actually, and... a friendly against New Zealand is cancelled. So Ireland may not have a game in the in the next Good. window. Good. Um, which not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I know there was some talk during the week that we might play England, and that is the last thing I'd want to do at this stage. We get we we uh yeah I don't know um can the scoreboards go into triple digits, um I don't know uh it's uh yeah it, and look I'm gonna go off tangent a small bit here Paddy because I know myself and yourself have spoken about this but international football why the hell did it happen at all why did it happen I can't like I I spoke a small bit I was in the whole cast and I spoke a small bit about it and the more I think about it and the more I've spoken to you about it. The amount of positive cases of COVID-19 and look, I don't care what yeah. way or anybody's political affiliation is or whatever anybody's uh, thought process is, each to their own. I'm not here to preach to anybody about what way you should think. But the amount of positive cases associated with travel with, within this tra- this international window has been mental. It's been crazy. Like you've got the, you've got arguably the best player in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo, has returned from international duty with COVID-19. If I'm Juventus, I'm suing the living shit out of UEFA for that. The amount of, because he's going to be gone for bones of four games, you know? No, I'm not. I take that back. I'm, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you can't be happy with it. Take Ireland's no, case, but, Ireland's pointing which, case. Sure, it, cost, it, it possibly cost us qualifications against Slovakia. You know, with two strikers ruled out minutes before kickoff. Hmm. Like they're even on they're even named on the bench with the UEFA team sheet because it was that yeah. close. Um it's absolute madness. It, you know, for me, bear in mind that I go to Ireland matches home and away, you know, each qualifying campaign. Football I International football means a lot to me because it, I get to see most of Europe with good friends of mine. We do it two or three times a year. It's great crack. That's what it should be about. It shouldn't mm. be about guys taking risk on an aeroplane, flying around Europe. And let's face it, we did fly around Europe. Yeah, we flew to Slovakia and back. Flew to Finland and back. It's madness. It's Our under twenty ones, absolutely madness. Our under twenty ones were in Pisa on a Friday night, if I'm not mistaken, and the Italian under twenty one team were stuck in quarantine in Iceland, and it had to take parliamentary intervention to get them out of there. Like this, that, it, it, I know that the tournaments were in the middle of uh, of play, and maybe if you want to protect the integrity of the tournament, that you keep it going. Yes, I completely understand that. And look, did I enjoy football over the last two weeks? I enjoyed. The fact that there was football and there was a bit of normality, but the standard of football, to be honest with you, throughout the whole of the last two weeks was dire. It was rubbish. It was puke football. All that mm-hmm. international football was useless. To be honest with you, all the England games that were played, like England-Belgium was puke. Uh, the two penalties in it. Uh, like, who did England play last? Oh, that was Denmark. Denmark, once again, like it was a no game. Like neither neither Denmark got their goal, and and Harry Maguire got sent off, and neither team wanted mm. to be there afterwards. Ireland's games were like were were pretty rubbish as well. It was pass 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 with no with no teeth or identity. You know, it's it, it for me. 
look, I understand the integrity of competitions and having competitions finish. Um, the, the Italian under-21 game, the Irish, Irish played uh, the Italians, um, the, the Irish under-21 team rolling along nicely. Two of them had to be called up to the senior team because of all of the false, yeah. false positives that we had and people had to sit games out. The Italians had had uh, positives in their camp. They called back down Sandro Tonali from, from the, the senior squad to play with their under-21s. You know, and, and, and it was, and that game was actually probably the best game of the whole uh, of the whole international break yeah. for me. Even though I couldn't understand one word that the flamboyant Italian com- <laughs> commentator on Rai R A I TV was saying, um, but it was a it was an end to end back and forth. Ireland had some great players and showed actually, um, but they they went down two nil. But uh, like. For me, I kind of sat back after the last two weeks and said that definitely what we got from international football the last two weeks wasn't worth it. And if I was in FIFA or UEFA, I would be kind of questioning um, a lot of the need for the friendlies that we have coming up in November. They're not going to be money spinners because there's going to be no, no one in the stadium. Um, but the question I have, was there needs to play these games at all? Yeah, Because absolutely. the whole idea of of Euro 2020 was to spread the games right across Europe in the finals to bring revenue into those countries in the finals. Yeah. And now we're looking at hosting um, three games in Dublin with no fans and no income coming into our tourist board or pubs or restaurants. Yeah. Why bother? Put everything back. They you know, would be, international football is just getting in the way at the moment. You'd be better off and, bringing everybody to Madrid. There's three. There's three big professional football teams in Madrid. Uh, you've got three mm-hmm. big stadiums, Stadia stadiums. I can never remember which yeah. one it is. Uh, look, it's it's got lots of hotels, got lots of infrastructure. You could bring every single team to Madrid and just play it off between those three stadia and. Look, I know Madrid reaps the benefit of, of having all these teams in there at the same time, but um, at this very moment in time, without the safe passage of people from one country to another without spreading the virus. And yes, look, as I say, I really want to stress the point. I don't care what you think about the virus. It's it's the, the fact that I don't want Jack Grealish to get this virus and have to sit. And, and while he won't exactly. die, I don't want him to have to sit out three games for Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. It's, it's solely and- selfish reasons for me. It's not even that. It's the close contact thing where yeah. people are unnecessarily sitting out games. That that just absolutely bugs shit out of me. I have to say, and it's and it's t- so needless to put on a on a pressurized aircraft where you're all breathing in the same air, mask or no mask, it's still getting in there. So it just doesn't make any sense. And and, and like whatever about coach A, coach B, coach C player A, player B, player C, there's always this fucking hanger-on that's involved in every single international association that you don't know from one end of the week to the next where the fuck he's been because he's not in around teams. He's that guy that writes out this, the, the team sheet and hands it into the UEFA delegate, you know? No, God willing, at some stage in my life, I'll be lucky enough to have that job where I can be one of those hangers-on from a completely hypocritical point of view, as I always say, I'm an Aston Villa fan. It is my right to be as fickle as I possibly can be um, at any given time. But, you know, what I'm saying at the mo- at this moment in time is there's a lot of people doing a lot of jobs that may not be needed to be done at international level that aren't accountable on a daily basis, maybe aren't tested as much on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of movement of 
unnecessary people I would think in that instance as well um I could be 100% wrong I don't know but that's that's my problem is the movement no, of, like the, the the guy that was member staff that caused the Irish one so that's exactly it the guy that caused the Irish one yeah. was never going to be a playing member or was never going to contribute to the team other than he was mm. a delegate that's all he was and that's my he problem was on a jolly. yeah yeah absolutely well, maybe having, yeah. said, having said all that, it was great to see fans in the stadium in Finland for the yeah. for the Ireland. It was actually really, really strange because the 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 cheering of the oohs and ahs were all in at the right time for a change. Yeah. So you wouldn't even notice it otherwise. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's um I'm, I'm going off uh I'm going off uh, script here, but there a guy just sent me a, a picture of a Spectrum unique walkthrough unit, which was delivered today to Celtic Park in Glasgow. So what that does is if, if they can install 10 of these at a stadium, they can allow 40,000 people pass through and get sanitized and, and um, have their temperature checked on the way into the stadium. So I think this is the start of what is going to happen. So amazing to see that just 10 of these units, it, for all the world, it looks like a turnstile. Mm. Um, and it, it literally just sent it to me there. So just, just quickly reading through it. Yeah. Breaking news, everybody. Breaking news. So spectry pods, sanitizing units, one person per second. They can take their temperature and obviously spray some kind of sanitizer on them, obviously, oh, safely. Yeah. Uh, and then the thermographic cam- cameras gauge their temperature while they're there. So um, I don't know whether they're trialing these, but there must be something coming down the line if, yeah. if they were How delivered they, and in situ at a stadium. How do they sanitize inside you with the, if you have it in your tracks <laughs> and when it's airborne? Let me just give you a bottle of Domestos to drink on the way in like Donald Trump did. Well, I, I, do you know what? I wonder if, if that is the case, if the only thing you were allowed to get was 40% alcohol inside there and uh, if you drank it and if it suppressed it enough just for the 90 minutes, I think we'd all be in football stadiums, no problem if that was the case. But I'm no epidemiologist, nor am I a biologist uh, or, or yeah. virologist. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be taking my medical advice. But no, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I think we can agree that, that, you know, it was a waste of time. Yeah. F- from all our point of view, obviously, you know, a lot of players got game time. It's great to see, um, like, Jack got a man of the match performance against Wales. Um, Connor played all three games for Ireland. Mm. Traore managed two goals for Burkino Faso. Um, David Luiz, Douglas Luiz, <laughs> played fantastic in, in a... They beat Bolivia 5-0 and Peru 4-2. And, you know, himself, Casemiro and Coutinho seem to be the starting midfield for Brazil, which is fantastic. John McGinn had a great run out for Scotland. And then Tyrone Mings got Captain over half John a game. McGinn. Captain Cap- John McGinn. Yeah. Yeah. And then Tyrone Mings got over half a game thanks to um, Harry Maguire's brain fart on Wednesday night. Yeah. And played so, really well. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand why he's not starting, to be honest, given that they're playing Dyer there. But literally playing Dyer. Who might pick an England team because Jack really should be in it too. 
Yeah, literally they're playing dire. Uh, especially look when you've a back three. We won't. I, I'm not going to focus on England international football. I feel hypocritical talking about it at times, considering we can't get our uh, house in order over here. But if you're playing a back three and you don't have uh, Tyrone Mings in, so if you're playing a back three with Conor Cody and and you don't have Tyrone Mings in there, and you're saying that you want to have speed and power, yet you start carrying Maguire on the left hand side of a back three. Uh, that's, that's uh, yeah, that's 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 a definite pass from me. Um, I wouldn't be doing that uh, in a fit of Sundays. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. Just like it didn't make any sense when he said he wanted pace and power on the wings, and he brought on Dominic Calvert Lewin, who scored majority, if not all, of his goals for Everton from eight yards out from the goal. You know, so yeah, uh, yeah. so Gareth Southgate uh, and his. Uh, alternate universe i think is probably the best thing i would say about that but uh, as you said it's good to see jack Grealish getting a run out um played fantastic the worm has turned with him the media like he's a media darling now there's other fans calling for him to play for england when eight to ten months ago they were calling for him to be shot out of a cannon because they felt he was a diver so the worm is turning for him and he's getting the adulation that he deserves thankfully and and, and long may it continue because he is in my mind if not this he's definitely in the top three best midfielders, best uh, creative midfielders in 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 uh, the Premier League at the moment. Um, since the, since mm-hmm. the start of the new season, and and that that deserves to be rewarded with international recognition. I'm afraid it does. And and then putting my Ireland cap on and my Villa cap on, I'm glad that he didn't play the other night, and he'll be quite rested for the game on Sunday, yeah. which is the most important game this week. So, um, uh, played very well against Wales. Rested against Denmark, and we'll have them fresh on Sunday, hopefully. Exactly, exactly. So uh, the silver linings, there's silver lining to every cloud, and uh, that's definitely it from us because, uh, like, I kind of would have been a bit annoyed if he come on at halftime or come on at 20 minutes to go or 10 minutes to go or four minutes ago to go when, when Southgate was actually talking to him against Denmark. If he'd come on and got kicked around the place, uh, that would have been yeah. annoying. Um, so at the end of the day, he, for me, he's also a player that you start him and let him run the game, um, or you admit you were wrong afterwards and say I, sh- I should have started him with bringing him on with four minutes to go in a game. Uh, that's definitely your fault and nothing to do with Jack Grealish if you can't turn the game around in four minutes. Anyway, I digress. We will not fix international football. In fact, as I say, uh, there's probably a bounty on our heads now for suggesting that uh, international football should be um paused for 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 an indefinite duration of time because in my mind it's pointless traveling all the way around Europe yeah. for some time. And I'm, like I'm just what well, just before we finish, I, I'm actually glad we're not in Europe this year because I could imagine in the next week or two we're gonna see a whole lot of mess going on between Europa League and Champions League, mm. between people getting on airplanes and stuff. So I'm I'm happy enough that we're not flying around Europe and we can focus on the game in hand. I'd see with that, Paddy. Paddy, I trust a Premier League team and I trust a club team to actually hire and charter a private jet. I don't trust the FAI to do it. I don't trust the FAI not to not to go on and print off boarding passes from Ryanair. <laughs> so there's to see there's a and there is a different thing here. The funding levels between the club game and the international game are two different. They're two different worlds altogether. So 
so for me, I feel a lot more safe with Europa League, with, with Champions League than I do with international football because uh, the FAI are literally running as if they're a semi-amateur organisation at the moment. And that's where that's that's another reason why uh, I don't believe that international the international games should be paramount at the moment. Yes, the English FA, all, a lot of money, absolutely fine. Spanish FA, Belgian FA, fine. But like... I'm going to pick teams out of my out of, my, out of the side of my head here. Now I don't I, I don't know whether they are wealthy or not. I would imagine the Albanian FA maybe don't have as much money as they as they would like to have. Just like the Irish FA don't. Just like the Northern Irish FA don't. Just like Liechtenstein, San Marino. You know, you could go on name all these small teams that have all played over the last two weeks. And you know, for my money, moving people um, unnecessarily around Europe is, as I say. You might people out there might might say that I'm just killjoy, but uh, maybe I'm just risk averse. I don't know. Um. Anyway, yes, we've got a small matter of uh pseudo Midlands Derby at the moment, the Craig Shakespeare Cup. I'm going to call it, uh, because we are coming up against the, the table clash. <laughs> the top of the table clash. That has a better ring to it than the Shakespeare Cup. Yeah, the, the top of the table clash. Um, between Leicester and uh, Aston Villa at the weekend, and uh, when I was speaking about this last night, I, I I'm I'm strangely, I won't say I'm confident, but I'm strangely not nervous about this game. As in, um, while I'm 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 on the the expectant side of hopeful of a good performance, if that makes sense. Um, the expectant side of hopeful. That's how I would I would describe it. A lot of the time last year, I was going in to uh, cross my fingers and say a few prayers before the match, hopeful uh, that we might get a result. And now I'm kind of thinking that uh, structures, formational-wise, uh, team-wise, and individual player-wise, that we have um, the, the the guts of a team that can cause a shock and, and that can propel us to the top of the league, essentially, which is absolutely mad to say it. And as well, I said, it started started the, the podcast, but... What, what do you, what's your initial feeling? What's your gut feeling on this game on Sunday? Um, is it trepidation? Is it excitement? I would presume it's excitement, but is it trepidation? Is it expectancy? Is it hopefulness? Is it, is it, uh, what is it? <laughs> it's weird because, you know, I did say the last day that the Liverpool game was a free hit and took a bit of abuse for it, but um, I was obviously way wrong with that one. So with this one, I'm expecting nothing less than a victory. Um, a lot of mitigating factors in there. Most of the, most of that being that there's a potential for seven changes in the Leicester side from the the team that went out the last day with all the injuries that they have. Um, we don't know how bad the injuries are, but you know, um, Benkovic, Prash, uh, Marty, Evans, Sancho, Sancho, Sancho. They're all kind of doubtful. Um, and then Vardy and Madison are doubtful. So yeah. I think when you, if you take them, even if you just take Derby or Vardy and Madison out of the team, I'd be very happy. Yeah. But if you're taking the rest of them out as well, um, I, I don't think there's any reason why we're not going to go and win that game. If they're all in there, I think I think it's going to be even enough. Um, I think it's going to be settled. I don't think you're looking at a 7-2 again or anything like it. Um Leicester on a good roll. Um, obviously, they were beaten by West Ham the last day out, and that was a shock to everybody. Um, you know, but they, they had a few good wins to, to beat West Ham well. 
um, played very well against Burnley. I watched all of that game. Um, then, of course, beat Man City, albeit mm. scoring five goals, but albeit three of them penalties and well-earned penalties, let's call them. Um, and, and said that, they, they got two penalties against Leicester too, or against uh, West Ham so or West Brom. So they have had a bit of a help along the way, you know, to to be up up in in the top four. So it'll be interesting to see what will happen and who actually will come onto the pitch because there's just so many injuries there, potential injuries there, that are they're all marked as doubtful. Um, and having read their social media today, they're all saying the same thing, you know, that they're they're doubtful. Um, the two centre halves are very doubtful, Evans and Sancho. So, is it fingers crossed? Air <laughs> all out. And... I'm I'm literally just doing a small bit of on the fly reading here. It looks like Johnny Evans will most likely play. Which of the two, uh, he's the one I didn't want to play. I wouldn't have minded Sancho to play. I think Sancho is probably a bit more suited to us. Ali Watkins getting around his feet. Sancho is like a like um. He's like one of those ridiculously tall wrestlers that you used to see back in the old day. He was a bit cumbersome in his movement, but he was effective. And somehow he'd always win the belt, you know, and he'd always end up to be champion at some stage. But you just knew he wasn't as athletic as as other wrestlers that were there, but he was just a big hulk of a man. And, and that's a kind of get from Sancho that he's like, even when you look at him, he just looks an imposing character. Um, he's going to be out. Uh, I, I think that our game, like he, he could be pulled out of position or you could get in around him a small bit. Now, Evans is no, um, while he isn't a cart horse in, in the, in the, the comical sense of the word, I suppose, um, he's very wily. He's like, he's been brought up through the Man United uh, structure of defense. Mm. Uh, uh, like during, my, during um, Alex Ferguson, and I always do go back to Alex Ferguson's era, and it may be an outdated era at this stage, but I always go back to it. He never had a defender, a central defender that was a pacey man, but they were always, always there. Like I can never remember them having a having a center half that was that had had pace like Mings or like Kansa. Mm. You know, they were always wily old foxes that never let you in behind them, and um, never certainly never let you you get get turned on them, and and that's the way they were. And Evans is brought up through that through. Probably yeah. the golden era of that of that defensive age, just after Pallister and Bruce, and in and around the time of Blanc and uh, and Stam and and Ronnie Janssen and all these wily old foxes that went in there and that played in there and were just were really good defensively. So I've got a lot of um, I've got a lot of respect for Johnny Evans. He's not a Mister Spectacular and so on, but but mm-hmm. uh, of the two, he would be the one that I would prefer to see miss out. But it doesn't look like he seems to like playing against those two. He's a good player. That's why most good players <laughs> like to play against us. And uh, they've got they're going to have their 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 new uh, signing, their new French under twenty one signing, Wesley Fofana as well. Is it Wesley? Wesley Fofana. He could be a rugby player, but I know your man's name is surname. Is, His uh, name is Fofana anyway. <laughs> yeah, think, I think Wesley yeah. Fofana. I think it is Wesley, Wesley Fofana. It is. I just said I looked it up there. Um, new signing. Can he get up to the? To the pitch of playing in the Premier League, we've seen some very experienced defenders recently come into the Premier League, like Thiago Silva, and literally be turned on their arse very, very quickly. Um, interesting player, really good player, well heralded player, went for a lot of money from San Etienne, um, only 19 years of age. Uh, don't expect him to be a flop in this league, but on day number you one, know. you can always catch somebody exactly. So, um, and, and it looks what, like he might have to be thrown in there if, if the 
the amount of injuries are to be believed. Well, yeah, like 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 realistically speaking, like if they if they have Evans and 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 Wes Morgan in there against Jack Grealish, Ollie Watkins, Trezeguet, uh, potentially maybe maybe Traore, you know, Wes Morgan did a great job when they won that league, but like. Father Time is undefeated, Wes. You know, you're not like yeah. Ollie Watkins is going to move you around the place. So, you know, I think they will bring in Fafana just from the just from his mobility alone, even even alongside Evans. They've they've made a great signing. Castagna as well had a super start to his, his Premier League um Premier League life. And and uh, the other lad over on the other side, uh, what's his name? James Justin, is it from Luton, who we were also in for at that time? Yeah. Uh, they signed him from Luton for six million. Uh, I was actually disappointed we didn't get him because he's a he's a rather decent player and um he's and he's beginning to show it now for Leicester. He's going to come in, uh, in that position. He's just taken to it like a duck to water since. Um, scored a goal to Man City. Scored. Is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he's taken over Ben Chilwell's place. He's obviously deputising now for Ricardo Pereira, who's mm-hmm. going to be out. Big loss for them, but he hasn't skipped a beat. So they're back. For regardless, of, I think of who they have in there, if they have it as Castagna, um, Evans, Fafana, and Justin in there, I think that that's going to be a pretty formidable piece uh, back there. Um, they're obviously going to be mis- missing. Indeedy um, is going to be out, and you mentioned that uh, Amarty is going to be out. And, and just reading here now, Sanchu is definitely ruled out uh, for mm. for um, for the game as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. As I say, if they don't have the creativity in Madison, and um, they're two wingers, I really like the guy under that they they signed the Turkish guy under. Um, he was fantastic in Turkey, absolutely fantastic in Turkey. And then when he moved to Roma, he was pretty good as well. But um, raw talent is what I would describe him as. He's Glad a kind to see of that you're a connoisseur of Turkish football. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, connoisseur of football manager, to be honest, which you got me in them. I signed him in that, and then I said, I've got to watch a couple of his games. Um, but uh, he's kind of a fellow who could smack one in from 40 yards against us. He's just that kind of, he's a magic, he's a real kind of one of those unpredictable maverick type players. So I'd be really worried about him. I'm not going to slag off Harvey Barnes. I'm not going to say that, that, that he's he's bad. I just don't know enough about him. Whenever I see him, I, I see he reminds me an awful lot of Stephen Hunt, as in all endeavor, all action, um, and like he's all fart and no shit is what what uh, what they'd say about him, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, as I say, I'm not going. I'm not going to slag him off because whenever I do that, people score against us. And look, Jamie mm-hmm. Vardy is Jamie Vardy, so. Um, it's going to be a real good match. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Well, my right eye is really looking forward to watching it because my left eye is going to be watching Steelers Browns and on, on NFL. So, uh, yeah. So it's. Well, it's I take it yourself and Mark Jarobi won't be talking on Sunday. Who's Mark Jarobi? <laughs> Never heard of him. Never heard of him. You're not allowed to talk to him this week. No, <laughs> no he's not. No, no. He's a. Uh, he's he made his bed. With the Steelers, he can sleep in it. It's his fault that he's a Steelers fan. Um, Mark, like his fault he was born. Uh, yeah, it's well, you can always move, Mark. You can always, you know, you don't you don't have to suffer for for your your parents' ill choices. <laughs> Mark, if you're listening, um, if you're listening, I expect some some healthy banter over the next few days. Even whether you want it or not, I'm still going to have healthy banter with you about the Brown Steelers. Um, <laughs> But well, I, my my two eyes will be firmly fixed on on the one game. <laughs> Nothing yeah. else matters than Villa playing. Uh, if it's anything like last time, there will be until you're until we're four nil up, and then you start down in two cans at once. 
<laughs> just like <laughs> I think there was an element of that for both of us the last game. But that's a nice problem to have when uh, when both your eyes start to cross inwards because you've had too much beer because we're winning so much. So so that's okay. Well, hey, if we're coming on here on Sunday night and, and opening a beer or a celebration, I'll be more than happy to do so. Absolutely, absolutely. I, think I actually have a few well. cans of um, Purity Ale which arrives oh, yeah. today, so they'll be in the fridge ready for um, Sunday night. So. Hopefully the uh, the Aston Villa Purity Ale cans will bring some luck. So fingers yeah. crossed. Purity Ale, as as we know, um, official beer sponsor of Aston Villa Football Club. I think. <laughs> I hope now after giving them that plug that they are. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was very disappointed actually. Chris Dolan got his delivery today, and he got a lovely um, Aston Villa glass, and I got two beer mats. <laughs> What can you say, Paddy? In fair, uh, look, Not in fairness, enough. Dolan has the years the hard graft put in. He's the hard graft put in. Like we're, <laughs> we're only Johnny come late at least to this podcast and business. Um, yeah, first you get the power, then you get the money, then you get the women. That's the way it goes, Paddy. At the moment, <laughs> where, where does the beer come into that? Uh, oh, sorry, you're supposed to drink loads of beer before you say that. Yeah, sorry, oh, okay. that's that, that's, <laughs> that's what happens. Um, do, do, do you envisage any, I suppose, any any curveballs in our own team selection? You know, we spoke a lot about, Le- about Leicester there. Well, I've, I've, I have written down here Martin O'Neill and his famous saying before a match starts when they're sitting in the dressing room, same team, same subs. <laughs> that, that, that actually, now you say it. Yeah, that's a candidate for his epitaph on his on his tombstone. When, it, when unfortunately, hopefully, he doesn't <laughs> die soon. But that is because when you know that you say it, even when he was at Celtic and, and Leicester and Ireland, same team, same subs. Yeah, easy. The, the Villa players actually at one stage were in the process of buying a horse, and they named the horse same team, same subs. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know whatever happened, but uh, maybe he got wind of it and he wasn't too happy. <laughs> Yeah, and he'd let you know as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, I'd say, that, he would say he'd let you know. I'd let, I'd say he'd let you know. And he has yeah. an eye for the horses too, from what I believe, so he'd know <laughs> what was going on. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. Look, I, I don't think you change a winning formula when you go in. You tank the, the the champions of England, albeit an outlier game, and it's one of those like those yeah. unicorn games that, that that come around once in a generation. Yeah. Um, we didn't uh, we didn't expect Barkley to to come straight in. Well, I didn't anyway. You, you didn't, did. Fatty, Exactly. Yeah. You did. Um, <laughs> So who knows? Maybe he might bring Traore in for for Trezeguet. We'll see. Um, but that's the only change I can envisage happening. Oh, you, um, you know what? Now that you mention it, and I've spent a while there bigging up um, Justin uh, at left back, and Har- and and you know Harvey Barnes um, and his his uh, endeavour on that left wing, and, and I undersell him when I say that, and I know I do, but. Uh, uh, like bringing in Traore there could help pin back. That bring back Barnes, stop him from attacking, and mm-hmm. maybe you want to give like. And I'm not saying Trezeguet couldn't be this guy, but look, uh, I suppose even from the physicality point of view, just as a tall boy back there at, at, at left back, Troy could come in there, could get him turning around, could get a you know he's a bit more physical and stuff like that. So it could be something we see. Another he like he's I know he's been away in Burkina Faso uh, with, with Burkina Faso, should I say? And that was actually that was a, a cool lineup they had when all three strikers were named Troy and uh, and two midfielders I think were named Troy and um, yeah, so there was a. 
There, there was an interesting Very one good. there. How, like, watch <laughs> how versatile our Traore is. He can play in five different <laughs> he positions. He can play anywhere. Well. Yeah. Um, and I think he will be used, utilized in two or three different positions this year. And maybe he might be someone who might see sprung on the right, right wing. Would I be disappointed if he, if he started? No. But would I be disappointed if he didn't start? No, as well. So I think there's a, a Zen moment that we have or we get after a 7 2 win for an Aston Villa team whereby he could put out Louis Barry right. Uh, you know, in the right inside forward position, he could put out Kane, Hayden Hessler, um, Hayden Kessler at left back, and I think I would probably trust him. You know, regardless who he puts out there in the team, I don't think I'm going to be sitting there before the game having a meltdown at what the team selection is because I like the system that we have. Yeah, as you said, the, the most important thing you said there is that we trust him. I yeah. trust him no matter what he does at this stage because. You know, I think it'd be um, silly of us to finish this podcast without mentioning that we've gone over two years with with Dean Smith in mm. charge. And when you think back of what he what he's been through in in those two years, including all the hassle he got from fans towards the end of that season to get us promoted a year earlier, we're led to believe than expected to mm. keep us up to get us to a Wembley final. Obviously, with the playoff final the year before, so Wembley twice. Brought us up, kept us up, you know, delighted to have him there. And I hope he's there for many years and many years of success for him. Yeah. And uh, I don't know whether I should even be mentioning this, Anna, but uh, he did a lovely little thing for the Irish uh, Lions clubs uh, with the jersey. Uh, it was very, very nice. The, the jersey that was sent to the, the Irish Lions club sent him a jersey and uh, he signed it and actually sent it back. Um, which was fantastic, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's sitting in my living room at the moment. So I, I don't think Philip Drew really wants it back. What do you think? Yeah, he, he never he never talks about it. I don't know. I don't even know. Do you, do you, yeah, never never mentions it much. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's going to go on the wall somewhere. I'd say for the for the Leinster lines uh, in the Leinster. Yeah, I'd say it'll be, I'd say it'll be hanging in buskers fairly Absolutely. shortly. Yeah, but I mean, the whole reason we sent. We, we sent him and his, his brother Dave a jersey each and obviously a spare one that he could sign and send yeah. back because we chose the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland in memory of their father. So that yes. was the whole reason in that he yeah. was sent a jersey. So fair play to him for, for sending it back to us and it'll be pride of place when the lads sit down to watch a match when eventually we can do safely. Absolutely. And, and lest we forget, you know, signed by a Villa fan for Villa fans. How much more cool does Absolutely. It, like our, cl- our club is... Like it, yes, it's our little bubble at the moment. But the, but just as I said there, it's our little bubble. I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks about our little bubble at the moment. It's ours, and we're loving every second of it at the minute, especially while we're winning in the Premier League. And a lot of that is down to uh, Dean Smith, his backroom team, and the culture that he's instilled in these players. And you can see that, the, that it's just a measure of the man whereby he was so facilitating to the Irish Lions uh, with regards to you know just. Very simply taking a photograph and signing a jersey and, and being cognizant and, and and kind of showing that that us as fans or you guys as fans, I had nothing to do with it. You guys as fans yeah. uh, were were being listened to and being appreciated. I think that's absolutely means a lot. I had the lockdown. pleasure of meeting them before before lockdown. I had the pleasure of meeting them before one of the games, and it had started to rain, but he had started talking to us. And um, there was a few of us there at the fence before a game. And he asked us where in Ireland we were from and his, his wife, apparently her family are Irish and he was telling us all about it, you know. He's yeah. just a really personable guy and, you know, I think the most important thing is he's one of us and, you know, we wish him the utmost success. We'd love to see 
you know, this project that they have seems to be with him at the helm in the long term. And I really, really, really do wish him the most success that he could have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully that success starts at the weekend. Paddy, give me a score. What do you think? What way do you think this match is going to go? I have a feeling that we're in for a classic. Ooh. So that means it's probably going to be Nival. But mm. I'm going to go for 3 2 to us. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, I'm of the opinion that no matter what happens in this game, as long as we don't lose, I will be happy. Um, I still think we're a work in progress. Um, I don't want to get too high after the 7 2 especially because the game before that we lost one little stoke different circumstances completely understand yeah but i don't want to get high too, too high i also don't want to be the guy that says no i told you all that we weren't going to win i do think that we are going to draw this game uh, i do think it's going to be a two-all draw like you i think there's going to be goals but i think we're going to play really well i think we're going to put it up to this team and i think that the i i, I think that this guy will be disappointed that they didn't carry this game um rbt uh, are we going to be disappointed they didn't carry this game? And um, yeah, as I say, I I think that I don't think the momentum for this team is going to stop with a draw. I think if anything else, it will it will be it'll be driven on because we've got a hard run of games. If you were to tell me that from Liverpool, Leicester, Spurs, that we were going to come out of it with four points, I would have ripped your arm off and ran a mile with it. Mm. You know, so um, and that's not to say we can't get anything against Spurs either. But uh, Leeds, Leeds next. Leeds, and then we have Spurs. Arsenal, is it? If you were to say we were to get four points on the Leicester and Liverpool, <laughs> out of it, <laughs> yeah, um, Leeds game actually. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but you know what I was saying? We're playing top of the t- top of the table yeah. teams, teams that would have tanked us last year in, in a murderer's row kind of um, two or three game spell, and, and look for us to to kind of be competitive there. Realistically, it's start of the year. That's what we asked for. I still think we're going to finish in our own tenth position. Um, anything else is a bonus. Uh, drawing against Leicester is a bonus. Winning against Leicester is a serious bonus. And and the more bonuses we have, the better we'll have for this coming season. Because, as I say, I just want to see good product in the field. I want to keep the feel-good feeling going with fans and the team alike. And I just want to see those players smile because they're happy playing with each other. And what comes what comes of it comes of it. And if we finish in European positions with Paddy, I will, as I say, it's my right to be fickle. I will immediately change my mind on traveling and, and, and fans traveling all around Europe on planes during the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> we'll buy a boat, Neil. We'll buy a boat. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave a score, did you give a score prediction there? I did two all. I think it's going to be two, two all, all, but I think okay. it's going to be a classic as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be high. I just, be have, I just have that feeling Sunday night. It's, uh, you know, with, with all that goes before, you know, teams know what they have to do and whatever. I just... Have a good feeling about it. Yeah, Paddy. Just, you can... I don't. I don't. I don't know why in my head it's, it says that the Sunday night games have, have have been good all along since lockdown. So yeah, we'll see. Paddy, you complete the fifth in this, and you don't have to answer it because this may incriminate you. But are you going to pay the fourteen ninety five to watch the game at the weekend? I will be watching the game at the weekend. That's as much as I'll say. <laughs> very diplomatic. Very diplomatic. I too will be watching it. At, at, at will be watching the game at the weekend. Yes. I will make every other effort to watch it before I have to pay the fourteen ninety nine. How is that? It's not even fourteen ninety nine. We've got to pay seventeen euros or whatever. Seventeen it is, so. euros. Yeah. Jesus Christ. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, if um, I'm not happy about it, but the reason I'm not happy about it is they don't seem to have picked the big teams for this burden. So, you know, it's it's a time where people can barely afford to, to pay for Sky Sports. To be paying any extra, I think, is bad, bad form. It's, it's but look, absolutely the clubs, the club's looking for extra money. I put it to you this way, if, if if we're going back, you know, 15, 20 years when you couldn't watch live streams or pick games up on social media or whatever, or get links from whatever, I would be more than happy to be paying that to watch Villa when you couldn't watch them. But there's other, there's other ways and means of watching yeah. them now. So I feel yeah. sorry for people that, that aren't that way inclined and they'll have to do it. Paddy, I, I, I grew up, I grew up huddled, literally, and I genuinely mean this, huddled around the radio listening to League Cup games on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I'm only 35 years of age. I'm not ancient by, by any stretch of the imagination. And I had, I used to listen to a dodgy AM feed of Limerick, uh, I was going to say Limerick's Live 95, of Five Live, BBC Five Live, listening to commentary of games. And I'll never forget listening to a penalty shooter. I think it was, uh, it was 96. Uh, it was 96, I think it was. Arsenal. Uh, yes. Uh, penalty shooter in the semi-final. Did he go out the pen- No, we won on away goal, sorry. Maybe it was. Um, uh, was there a penalty shooter? I think there might have been a penalty shooter. For, could have been. Um, but I remember listening to it on the radio. And I had headphones in plugged into maybe Tramir, uh, was it? Real old. It could have been Tramir '94. Was it Tramir '94? Mm. Could have been that. Jesus, I would have only been nine. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. But I had, I had headset. I had headphones plugged into this big old bed up hi-fi system behind the behind the sitting room door in our house, and I was jumping around the place, and I wasn't loud roar and shout because my parents were watching some other <laughs> some I don't know some gardening show or something like that, and I, so I was there and I was jumping up and down and everything, and I wasn't loud shout, and I was listening to penalties going on, and I was thinking to myself if there was a video, if there was a camera in the corner, they would have, they would have. Someone would have felt sorry for me. They would have gone, God, those parents have an awful lot to put up with. Look at that mental child over in the corner. He's just jumping up and down. They've put him in behind the door because he's he's a complete <laughs> embarrassment to them. Is he bold? Yeah, he's yeah. bold. I'm, exactly. I'm just feeling sorry for myself now because you were doing that while I was drinking points watching that game. So yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling yeah. old. <laughs> as I said, as I said, uh, Paddy, Father Time is undefeated. Um, but but I think I, th- I think the I think the look the it was rushed through it was uh, it was a populist vote and what they thought from from the clubs um, and without getting into it too much because I know we've been nearly an hour on the podcast but um, it was very it's a very simple thing to do to set well uh, it's a relatively simple thing to do I'm going to say it, to set up a, a game pass like an NFL game pass or an NBA game pass or a UFC game pass type thing they would have gotten every fan to sign up for it or find from every team to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, now all they're doing is they're hitting Villa four times in the space of a month. They're hitting other teams three times in the space of a month, but they're not hitting the, the fan bases with the most amount of fans. So if there, if this really is about revenue for the, for the, the FA or revenue for the clubs and so on like that. And if this, if the revenue of all these games is going to be split, split equally between the clubs, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's unfair because you're like, it's stupid. It's a bad model because you're not hitting the clubs with the, biggest fan bases uh, as much as you're hitting the clubs with the smaller fan bases and for me not being an economist or not being a financial guru you want to get as many people as you want as you can to buy it so if they come out and said 90 quid for the year 
99.99 for the year, 100 quid, and you can watch every single Premier League game on but this app. Pushed this in on the, it's pushed in under the radar, and they yeah. haven't picked any, any of the big clubs in there because they know when that comes down the line, that's when the shit is going to hit the fan. And it's, you know what? It's, it's, a, it, it, it's the same argument I have with referees. You know, oh. we don't get we we don't get to give out about referees, but Man U and Liverpool can surround them and scream yeah. into their face and get away with it. Yeah. But it's it's just you know picking on the small guy to start off with is, is poor. And I not wonder, that they're calling us small guy, but you know what I mean. I wonder, Paddy, is this all done in the spectre of Project Big? Billy Big Bollocks or whatever they call it, the <laughs> big yeah. pile of shit. So I can't, what was it called? Big the manual Liverpool Vanity Project. Oh, what a show <laughs> away. Like like not the clubs themselves, but whatever money men came up with that idea. It was it was a scurrilous like it was it was actually called a scurrilous power grab. And when you look at it, it was a case of um if you guys don't agree with me, we're going to break off and we're going to do something anyway. And they may still yeah. do that, but it was very much... Let them uh, go. It's, they, they, well, Premier League as much as everyone else. I thought it was absolutely disgusting what they did. Bear in mind that Liverpool have only just won the league for the first time in 30 years. Mm. Man U have been petering about in Europa League football for the last 10 years. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah, they're in 16th position at the moment. Uh, yeah. that's, that's Playing towards the night football when, yeah. when they're supposed to be this huge club. It's all a lot of shit. It was it was a power grab that didn't work. It was a money and, and a they, power grab, yeah. The and then they got Rick Parry really, in. The lead needs to be more more uh, protective over the over the smaller guys because if they don't, this is going to rear its head again without a shadow of a doubt. Absolutely, and and look, uh, it's it's. I just say it's interesting that uh, there's no relegation in American sports. Just going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> no promotion or relegation, so it's a closed system. Just have a look at the two clubs owned by two American owners and so on. Uh, cool. So, Paddy, listen, we've we've rambled on for ages. I think we're just going to finish it up on that. I think it's going to be 2 2. You think it's going to be 3 2. We could go on forever about project, whatever it's called. Uh, but it, it's not for us to speak about. We keep this Aston Villa. Um, thanks everybody for listening to the podcast. Uh, we will be back with a post game show on maybe Sunday afternoon. Uh, depending on how drunk we are, uh, maybe Monday morning, depending on how hungover we are. And uh, as I say, if we win or not. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. So uh, you can find Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can find me on at Love uh, McGrath Pod. Thanks a million for listening to the podcast. Please share it out there. We had a podcast with Villa Analytics during the week as well. Um, you know, if you haven't listened to that, it's a good one to listen to. Um, thanks every, very much for everybody, for everything you've done. Um, and all that's left to say is up to Villa. The villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.